The following program is sponsored by Evangelical Life Ministries. Welcome to Engaging Truth, the manifestation of God's Word in the lives of people around us. Join us each week as we explore the impact of His message of spiritual renewal, from the lesson of forgiveness forged in the crucible of divorce, to the message of salvation learned by an executioner from a condemned killer, to the gift of freedom found in the rescue of victims of human trafficking. This is God's Truth in Action. Hey friends, welcome to Engaging Truth. I'm your host, Matt Popovitz, and with me on the program today is Pastor Mark Wugazer. He's the senior pastor at St. John Lutheran Church in Cyprus, Texas. Actually, the brand new senior pastor at St. John Lutheran Church in Cyprus, Texas. That's what we're going to talk about today. What's it like for a pastor to make a transition from one ministry to another? And not just a transition from one ministry to another, from one part of the country to another. Pastor Mark, welcome to Engaging Truth. Thank you. Thank you, Pastor Matt. Happy to be here. It's so great to have you with us. So, 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 so talk to me. You've recently made this transition. You were a pastor for several years in, in the great state of Michigan, which is my home state as well. And then now you find yourself uh, way down to the other side of the country in Houston, Texas. How long were you a pastor in Michigan? I had two calls in Michigan. Uh, one was at the church I grew up at, Redeemer Lutheran in Birmingham, and I was there for uh, 13 years. I started as a lay youth director and then went to the seminary in the middle of that, returned as youth pastor. And um, so I guess I was pastor there for three years and then went to uh, St. Peter in Macomb, Michigan. So same metro area, but on the other side of the metro area. And I was there for eight years and then uh, got the call to come here to St. John and during that entire time, so I'm, I'm 55, I've been trying for 55 winters to get out of Michigan. And it finally happened. Uh, the Lord finally answered my call or my prayer with this call. And uh, really, really excited to be here. Uh, we, uh, my, my family, we really miss Michigan. We miss our friends. We miss our church. Uh, there's, there's definitely grief and loss um, when you make a transition like this. But it's something that we came to understand through a lot of prayer and soul searching and talking to mentors and the right people. We came to understand this is what God wanted us to do. And he made it very clear to us. And so when God makes it clear to you that, that he wants you to do something, you do it, right? And so we're here and we're very excited and we're very happy to be here. Uh, he did not have to drag us kicking and screaming. We're really happy to be here. And uh, really happy. We're very excited about doing uh, ministry. And uh, so, yeah, I can go into any part of that, you know, go deeper, you know, wherever you uh, sure. want to, to, to well, lead I, to your audience. I, I, I'd like to I'd like to wrestle a little more with that whole notion of uh, of praying through and and thinking through this transition because I I don't think most people recognize realize what goes into the the decision for a pastor to leave one congregation and, and go to another. Um, yeah. It's it's not the same as when when someone who's not in the ministry you know leaves a job and goes to another. It's it's a it's a it's a different process. There's some similarities, but but it's a it's a it's on the whole a largely different process. So. So give us give us a broad view of of what that process of of shifting from one church to another looks like. Did did you put a resume out on on Indeed.com or something like that and say, hey, I'm looking no. to be a pastor somewhere else? How does this work? No, not at all. 
Not at all. But you're right, Matt. It is very, very different. Uh, before I was a, a pastor, before I got into church work, I spent 11 years working in the radio business. I worked at several different radio stations in Detroit and New York City and uh, bounced around a, a, a few times, uh, was fired a, a, at least once. And, um, and and it's a completely different thing because in the radio business, and I assume that it's like this in, in, in for, for the vast majority of people in the vast majority of, of, of fields, that, uh, you know, you, you go on an interview and it's very secret, right? You don't tell your boss. You don't tell anybody. You go on an interview and uh, if you get the job, you know, you negotiate. And then once they give you the job offer, uh, you know, you generally have, what, maybe 24 hours. Maybe they'll give you the weekend, right? But, you know, an employer wants to have an answer right away. And then you, you make your decision. And Monday morning you go in and you tell your uh, your old boss that you're leaving, and uh, you're giving two weeks notice. And uh, a lot of times in a lot of fields and definitely in the radio business, you give two weeks notice, but you have about 20 minutes to put everything, uh, all of your personal stuff in a box and get out. Right. And uh, and that's the way it was at, at every uh, every time I made a transition in the radio business and uh, leaving one radio station and going to another radio station. You did it for the money. You did it for the position, for the career move, for the resume. And, and when you did it, it was it was fast and it was clean cut and you were gone. And yeah, so so making this kind of transition in church work as a pastor is a completely different experience. So, so, so did the, the did the church that you go to, did, they're the ones who reach out to you. So, so it's, not, it's not that you went looking, but but a church correct. comes to you. You've got I a position. At all. Yeah. And now you can in the LCMS. You can, if you're a pastor and you want to leave a church or if you want to move to a different area of the country or something, you can call your district president and ask to be on a call list. I did not. I, I had not done that. So uh, St. John came looking for me. Uh, I had uh, I knew the former senior pastor here, David Bond. I had known him for years, uh, talked to him at conferences and whatnot. So we had a relationship, although I don't think that that played any role. I don't think that he put my name forward. Uh, but also President Michael Newman, uh, president of the Texas district, uh, he and I uh, met at conferences and, and we had uh, talked very briefly. I wouldn't say we had a, a very deep relationship or anything like that, but, uh, you know, we had shared small talk and, and whatnot. And uh, so, you know, he had asked me uh, over a year ago, uh, if uh, I would ever consider coming to Texas and, you know, it was small talk, right? But I mean, the guy is, he's really, he's a really wonderful uh, president of the Texas district is very, very blessed to have him as, as president. And, uh, and, and he said to me, I'll never forget this. He said, I'm trying to get all the best pastors in the LCMS down here in Texas. Right. <laughs> and I'm sure every DP says that every DP wants the best pastors in their, in their district. But the fact that he said that to me, um, I don't know, it just made a real impression. And uh, that, uh, within uh, and then uh, within weeks of that, I don't know, you might have heard there was this pandemic that came. Right? Yeah. And so uh, but yet still uh, about three, four months later, here comes a call, uh, a phone call from the call committee here at St. John uh, saying that I was on a call list they received from the district. And uh, I was uh, a little bit surprised. Because as I wasn't looking, wasn't really, uh, I mean, when I say that I've been trying to get out of Michigan for 55 winters, that is true, but not really uh, very often actively looking. At this point, wasn't actively looking. And so when you get it, when you get a, 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 the first interview, I, I, 
well, you know, I got nothing else to do. I'm locked at home. I remember the, the very first uh, Zoom interview that I had with the call committee here at St. John was on Memorial Day, on the actual Memorial Day, right? Because we're all locked at home. Everybody from Texas to Michigan locked at home. Uh, nobody's out, you know, grilling dead animals at somebody's house <laughs> right. and having fun or in a park or, you know, on the boat or whatever. Everybody's, everybody's home, so we might as well do the Zoom interview. And uh, so... Uh, I, I thought, well, you know, I got nothing better to do, so I might as well do this. But then as things progressed over the spring and the summer, it was very, very slow because of the pandemic. And also, I, I was not interested in going fast because my wife and I started praying, okay, God, what are you doing here? Mm-hmm. And throughout the process, it became a, a weight on us. Well, what about St. Peter? We have to do what's right by St. Peter, not just what's right by St. John and what's right by the Wugazer family, but we have to do what's right by St. Peter, which is something you never, you never think about when you're changing jobs. At least I never did when I was changing jobs in, in the radio business. Yeah. It was, uh, you know, what's best for me? What's going to, you know, is this job pay more money? Is there more opportunity for advancement? And I'll take it, right? Uh, and uh, Martin Luther once said, you know, an ambitious preacher is a pestilence to the church, right? So we as preachers, pastors, we don't, we're not looking to enhance our resume or get, you know, advance our careers or that kind of thing. We're looking to do what's best for the kingdom, what's best for St. John, what's best for St. Peter. And, uh, and of course, what's best for the Woodgazer family, because my family is important. That's my, that's a, that's a big priority. And so we started as, as things got, got closer and, more and more serious with St. John, we started praying, okay, God, <laughs> um, if this is something you want us to do, mm-hmm. you're going to have to make it really clear to us. Yeah. You're going to have to hit us over the head with a frying pan mm-hmm. because we're not leaving. Right? We're not going to leave St. Peter and all of our friends and this ministry we've built. And uh, uh, we're, we're not going to, we're not going to, we're not going to move across the country um, unless it is painfully obvious to us that this is what you want us to do. Mm-hmm. We're not going to do it on a lark. We're not going to do it just because it would be fun or whatever. We're, you're going to have to make it really out. So, I, I, I mean, I don't know about uh, you or any of your listeners, but there have been very few times in my life when God, when I was sure that God wanted me to do something. So, so what did he do? How did he make it? How did he make it clear to you? How did he hit you over the head with a frying pan? I'm yeah, assuming okay. he did. So I'll, I'll try. To, I'll, I'll try to make this as uh, as brief as possible. But first of all, okay. So, so we're praying, and we're. Uh, I'm big on mentors. I'm big on support systems. So there's a lot of pastors that I have who are mentors to me, that I reached out to and uh, and I sought wise counsel from, and uh, they all said the same thing, and not that not that they just said. You know, yeah, you should go to Texas. No, they, they, they asked me, they asked me questions about, um, how God had wired me for ministry and how that fits with St. Peter and how that might fit with St. Mm-hmm. John. And as we had those discussions, they all came to the same conclusion and they all said the same thing after talking to me. And I thought that was very interesting. And, uh, it was almost like, you know, God using the, the, uh, the, 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 the prophets of, the, of the pastors that that, that had have been mentoring me hmm. uh, to, to to speak to me, and 
then we came down here to St. John to visit after receiving the call. <clears throat> and we did due diligence. And my wife and I, we asked trick questions. No, not trick questions, but we had devised questions in ahead of time in advance. And we would ask these questions, the same questions to every group of people, yeah. the call committee, council, elders, just random church members on Sunday morning in the lobby. And we got the same answers from every group. Yeah. And that told me we're dealing with a very healthy situation. Uh, I, I talked to, to Pastor Bond, who's, you know, as I said earlier, had a yeah. relationship Your with predecessor there at, uh, at, and, uh, yeah, and at he, St. John. Um, and spent a lot of time talking to him, asked him tough questions, and, uh, and, and got spiritual answers. I mean, answers that, that just mm. spoke to the things that I had been praying about and... Um, and so everything was, was starting to really tug in that direction, right? Yeah. And the more it tugged in that direction, the more my wife and I prayed, okay, God, this is great, right? But, you know, it's, you're going to have to make it really clear to us, right? We just kept praying that really, really clear to us. And then, okay, this is, this is a funny story that I told uh, my first Sunday here at, at St. John. It was part of the, uh, uh, part of my, my first sermon. Uh, and, and this is just, so, my wife and I had set a Saturday morning that we were going to make the final decision, right? We'd been talking and praying, but we were going to, we were going to sit down. We got a babysitter for the kids. We said, we're going to get out of the house and we're going to go somewhere and just the two of us. And we're going to, we're going to pray and we're going to talk about every little aspect of this entire thing from the ministry to the move to the kids to school to, you know, everyone talking all out. We're going to take the, the legal pad and we're going to, draw the line down the middle and write pros and cons on each side. And we're going to mm-hmm. do the whole thing. And then we're going to pray about, it. we're going to come out with a decision. Mm-hmm. And that was Saturday. And it was circled on the calendar. We're going to do this thing. Friday night, the night before I came home from work and Jen's making dinner and I'm wrestling with the kids on the floor. And our next door neighbor sent Jen a text. And uh, the text was a bloody goose in your front yard. Right. So Jen reads this to me and I said, well, text her back a pox on your house, too. Right. I mean, what are you, what are you supposed to what do you mean a bloody goose on your front yard? But we went out there and sure enough, there's this bloody goose on our front yard. And, you know, you hate to see this happen to any of God's creatures. It had obviously been injured while flying, maybe hit a telephone wire or another bird or I don't know what. And it um, and crash landed on our front lawn. So Jen calls animal uh, rescue, you know, they're, they're closed. It's after five o'clock. So she calls the police department, the local Macomb County Sheriff's Department, and said, it's not an emergency, but, and they said, oh, no, we're glad you called. And they sent an officer out. He was great, just really, really professional, uh, you know, t- terrific guy. Uh, he's got the inside number to animal control. So he calls them and um, they ask him some questions and they, they tell him that he's got to put the animal down. Right, so we get the kids upstairs where they won't see, but I'm like looking out the window. And he takes out his firearm and he fires one round into the goose and puts the animal out of its misery. Right, right thing to do. Uh, Ten minutes later, animal control shows up. They clean up the entire thing. It's gone. Right. We sit down. We have dinner. Put the kids to bed. We're relaxing after after uh, putting the kids to bed. And Jen, I don't know for what reason, she googles. Uh, what does it mean? Is it a sign if you come across a dead bird? Yeah. And so Google then returns 
the number one result, right? The Google's first uh, you know, result. And, you know, Google, it's not Holy Scripture, mm-hmm. but, you know. It's Google. Yeah. It's Google, right? First, and it said, if you come across a dead bird, and we more than came across a dead bird, it means that a part of your life is going to die. Hmm. And a new, wonderful part of your life is going to come back, is going to come to life. Hmm. And I was like, well, wait a minute. You know, not only did we come across a dead bird, the bird died in our front lawn. And I think there's significance to this. It was killed, ultimately, by an official representative of Macomb, Michigan. Hmm. Now, uh, I want to make it clear that I, we did not come because a bird died in our front lawn or because a cop shot a bird, right? Right. Um, we came for all the reasons leading up to that, all of the prayer and all of the things that God was leading to us to. But to me, that was the frying pan, right? Yeah. yeah. That was, I mean, very few times in my life, you know, you pray for a sign. I, right. I don't know how many times people pray for a sign. Uh, you know, Lord, what should I do? What do you want me to do? Should I take this job or not? Blah, blah, blah. And I don't know if you're like me, but very few times in my life has God ever answered that prayer with an actual sign. Sure. Yeah. But I feel like in this instance, he did. Yeah. It it, it seems like God kind of going out of his way to give you every possible thing you'd need to to make this decision. Right. Right. You're right. He left no stone unturned. Yeah. I'm going to give him I'm going to give him his friends all telling him his wise friends telling him you should probably do this. I'm going to give him a a, a long reason, a long list of reasons in that yes column to do this. I'm even going to give him a dead bird in the front yard. So he can't he can't. Right, he right. can't run away from he can't run away from this. He can't say I didn't right. I didn't make it clear to you. So so in this process, so God's made it clear to you. I got to go to this new ministry. Um, how do you break the news to the church that you're serving at? Because all because during this whole time, the church you're serving is fully aware that you've received an offer, which is what we we refer to it as a call to serve as a pastor somewhere else, and they love you. They want you to stay, of course. Um, and so you've decided. Well, the Lord wants me to to move to this new ministry. How, how how do you how do you break the news to a church that loves you and a church that you love that you're leaving? What's what's that like? It was tough, man. It was tough. It was like a knife to the heart. Um, that the first day when we announced it, and I called church leadership, chairman of the board of elders, president of the congregation, people who were still hard. Very, very dear friends. And I'm not going to tell you which one of them, but there was one of them that just, I'm so close to him. I love him like a brother. And when I told him, he just started crying. Mm -hmm. He didn't say a word. He just started crying and he said, I got to go. And he hung up. And that was really tough. And, um, you know, he called me back the next day and he said, you know, and we had, we had, we had an actual conversation and we talked. And, um, and, and we've talked several times since I've gotten here to Texas and we'll always be close. We'll always be good friends, right? Cause that, that means more than anything. But, uh, yeah, it was every one of these guys when I, when I talked to them, they were, it was like a knife to the heart. Mm. Um, 
And, and there's, really, there's really no other, I mean, if you've loved those people well and, and they've loved you, I mean, there, there's really no other way for that to feel, right? I think of, I think of the story in, 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 in the New Testament where, where Paul is leaving behind this church in Ephesus that he right. built and these men he's poured his life into and, yeah. and he's like, it's time for me to go. And, and with tears, they see him off um, knowing that at least yeah. because of the context then that they might never see him again. Now, thankfully we've got airplanes and zoom. It makes seeing people again, <laughs> right, really right. easy, yeah. but, but it sounds like a similar scenario. People, people said, look, the, the Lord is calling you away, but with tears, they send you off. Yeah. Yeah. That was it. That was it. So it was, so then we've got we've got just a few minutes left. Tell, tell me, tell me, um, uh, what is it that you try to keep in mind as you start at a new ministry now? So now you've made a move to Texas, a place you've right. never lived before, a place that's really different than Michigan, right. uh, yeah. a church that's different um, in St. John versus St. Peter and Macomb. Um, how do you what, what are you trying to do right now to ensure that you start well as a pastor? Yeah, well, I have the privilege of walking into a situation where. Uh, it's a very healthy church. It's a very healthy congregation, healthy lay leadership, healthy staff. Uh, Pastor David Bond has done just an excellent job getting this church into a very, very healthy place. And um, I, I mean, I'm, I'm convinced that any fruit of ministry that the Lord allows me to pick from the top of the tree will be because I'm standing on the shoulders of a giant. So I'm coming into an ideal situation. And so my first priority has been, I'm a, I'm a big believer in, uh, in, in this kind of situation. A leader needs to take all the fear out of the room, right? So I, I've been telling the staff since day one, actually before I even accepted the call, um, reassuring everyone there's not going to be big change. There's going to be change, but it's going to be gradual. It's not going to come out of thin air. It's going to be something we talk about ahead of time. There are not going to be any surprises. It's going to be slow and gradual and comfortable. And uh, I mean, there may be some times when we need to get out of our comfort zones, right? That old adage. But it's not going to be where people have to come to work wondering, okay, is the other shoe going to drop today? That's just not going to happen, right? And that's been, I think, really important for the staff to, to know that they are uh, affirmed in their ministry and what they're doing. And uh, I'm, I'm big on, you know, surround yourself with the right people and uh, leadership's going to be easy. And, and it seems like we have the right people here. So, uh, and then uh, with the congregation as well, I mean, they know and love this man and, who's retiring and, um, and, and I want to reassure them as well that this, there's not going to be any huge changes. You're not going to have to, you're not going to come some Sunday morning and all of a sudden, you know, everything looks different or every, you know, the service is all kind of different. And there's different music and there's different, I mean, I'm going to have a different preaching style, but I think everyone kind of understands that. People are excited to, to learn about my preaching style and get to know me and people have been really wonderful and welcoming, but there's not going to be, you know, big changes afoot for St. John. That's just, I mean, it would be silly when you have such a healthy situation. Well, I mean, it's, I mean, it sounds like you're, you're entering in by just establishing trust and creating some peace, and 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 letting people know that you're there to you're there to to love them and serve them and not not upend things for them, at least not right away. Right. 
Yeah. Well, Pastor Mark Wugazer, it's, it's, it's been great to get to know you and, and to get a little bit of an inside peek on, on the journey from one ministry to another. It's a, it's a perspective that, that, that most people rarely get. And, and we, we're looking forward to having you on the program uh, more in the future and, and hearing from you and, and, and joining with you again along the journey and checking in with you. Th- thanks for being on Engaging Truth. You're welcome. And you, yeah, and, and, and you who are listening, thank you for joining us as well. We hope you'll join us next time here on Engaging Truth, same time, same station. We'll talk to you then. Thank you for listening to this broadcast of Engaging Truth. Be sure to join us each week at this time. To help support our ministry, contact Evangelical Life Ministries, Post Office Box 568, Cypress, Texas, 77410. Or visit our website at elmhouston.org or find us on Facebook at Evangelical Life Ministries. Thank you.